Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me if you are able as we come together and sing praises to God. Come people of the risen King who delight to bring him praise. Come all in tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace. From the shifting shadows of the earth, we will lift our eyes to him. With steady arms of mercy reach to gather children in. Rejoice, rejoice, let Good morning. 
so we're having difficulty with the mic I usually use, so we'll use this for right now, and, and uh, come preaching time, that means I'm just going to have to preach one-armed, okay, <laughs> something like that, so unless it gets fixed by, by accident here, so welcome today, I'm glad to see you, and I'm glad to be back, okay, um, it was good to be gone, it was good to be gone, it was good to go out to the convention, some, some great things happened at the convention, some things that we're going to work through as we go forward. That's what it's part, part of being part of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, but I also, interestingly enough, I, you know, one of the things they started off with was the commissioning service for IMB. And we got to see missionaries that were going to all different places. Some of them we didn't get to see because they're going to places that they need their identities protected. And so they had fake names, and they stood behind a screen, and you could see their silhouette. And, uh, and so we got to pray for them. Interestingly enough, uh, one of the couples that was going, I actually had talked to the guy and had interviewed him for a position with our uh, bivocational network that I was working with. And, and so I got to see he and his wife and three kids are going to go, and I don't remember where, but they're going to go. So that was cool to see. And, I will, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff. That, that makes my heart happy because guess what? You and I, because we give to the cooperative program, because we give to the Annie Armstrong offering, because we give to the Lottie Moon offering, we get to be part of that. And uh, even though we're not sending somebody from our church to do that, we get to participate in that. And that's what makes me happy about being in the Southern Baptist. We have to all other issues, but those are the kind of things that make me happy because we're sending people whether it's around the globe or even in our own country to college campuses or wherever to share the gospel so that somebody who was once lost might be in heaven with us for eternity. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm excited about. Those are the kind of stuff that I'm excited about. Two little, I'll, I'll share two little stories about my trip out there that kind of, kind of it was actually the trip back that kind of were those God moments. I'm in traffic on the interstate. I don't like being on the interstate in the first place. I'm in traffic because they, they closed it down to one lane for six miles and traffic was backed up forever. And the lady in front of me gets out of her car. She came back with a Coke. She didn't have her water, but I got a Coke. And uh, I, couldn't, I, I, I appreciated the, the offer. It was great. That night, I, I stopped back at the hotel that I'd stopped at on the way out. Stopped in the same little town, same hotel, same lady at the counter. Barbie's her name. And I go, did you save me room? And this is after watching a guy who walked out of the door, get back in his Miata with his wife, open the convertible top off and drive off, meaning that they had checked for a room and there wasn't any. I walk in, and she goes, she starts punching in, and she goes, Yes, I've got a room for you. Only have one left, and, th and only because somebody canceled it hours ago, and three people have already tried to get this room, and it would not let me sell it to them, so it's your room tonight. So God is good, and so I, I am thankful for that, thankful for the opportunity to be back in front of you and uh, to preach God's Word, and we're going to talk about it this morning. I want to pray this morning. So um, I have the prayer list all typed up. I will put them on the things because I got... Well, I, I forgot, okay? They're printed. I just got to grab, grab them off the printer. So they'll be at the doors when you leave. If you have a prayer request in the meantime, write that down on a piece of paper and put that in the, the plate when you go by. There will be a deacon over there because we want to pray with you, 
All right, we want to pray with you. When God answers a prayer, tell us too, okay? Because we want to, like that moment at the hotel, I want to celebrate how God is working in that moment. And so want to do that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. I don't know, I, I, I know some of the requests that I typed up, but not all of you were here. All of you have something that you're praying for. You have something that concerns you. You have somebody that's away and needs to come back. You have, um, you have there, there's health issues and somebody in the family or yourself. Want to pray for that. You also know somebody that's lost. And it's your one, right? Who's your one? And we want to pray for them to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for this opportunity for, for us to come together to sing praises to you. Father, we're not worthy. And Father, we, we thank you that you sent your son, Father, that we might become your children. And Lord, to worship you this day. Father, anticipating the day that we'll worship you in all of your glory at your throne. Father, we just pray for the request, Lord, on the hearts. You know the names of everybody here. You know the names of the, um, um, and their, their prayer requests, Lord. And Father, I just pray that you would answer it in a mighty way. Father, that they'd see and feel your presence, Lord, in their everyday life and the things that they are praying for. Father, we want to pray for that one person, Lord, or the couple of people, Lord, that we know that we're pretty sure do not know you. Father, we want to pray, Lord, that they would accept you as their Lord and Savior. Father, you'd put somebody in their path, and it might be one of us, Lord, to remind them of their need for salvation. And Father, we just rejoice, Lord, knowing that you'll answer that prayer, and that we'll get to celebrate as someone gets to someone comes to know you as their Lord and Savior. We get a new brother and sister in Christ. Father, for this we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with us again if you are able as we continue to worship through song. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing hand and outstretched arm his love endures forever for the life that's been reborn his love endures forever sing praise sing praise sing setting sun 
His love endures forever, and by the grace of God, we will carry on. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever, God, He is faithful. Forever, God, He is strong. Forever, God, He is with us. Forever, forever, God, He is faithful. Forever, God, He is strong. Forever, God, He is with us. Forever. Sin 
crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raises mine up from the dead. Okay, God is good. I have my mic back on. I can preach with both arms. So excited about that. I don't know if you guys have noticed for the last several Sundays, we changed up, they changed up, wasn't my thing, but they changed up how they were working with the kids' ministry. We were in the other building now. They moved up to the second floor. They run a rotation thing, kind of like a little bit like vacation Bible school. And what they do is they get to come in here and sing with us. And I'll agree, it's great to sing, isn't it? Even if you can't sing, it's great to sing. Um, I, I had the pleasure of singing with thousands of people at the convention, and, and what a wonderful experience that is to be able to do that. But this morning, I had them hang around for just a little bit longer. We're going to do something out of the ordinary. Okay, I hope that you're okay with that. And, and so what we're going to do is, Rylan, if you will come up here, and Mom and Dad, if you'll come up here with me. Okay, This is... Ryland Hampton. You all know Ryland? Can you wave hi to him? There you go. Okay. I remember when Ryland was the youngest in the family. Then you got a brother. Yeah. But to, today, Mom stopped me after I went over to youth and said, Ryland's ready to get baptized. Okay? Matter of fact, they kind of put him off, right? All right. So this morning... With your mom there, and I was there, you prayed to ask Jesus to be your Savior. Amen. So you know now you're going to go to heaven, right? Amen. Jesus is going to be in your heart, right? Okay. 
So he is presenting himself for baptism, and we'll decide what, sa- what Sunday works out good for you so that you can have lots of people and cake and all that other stuff, right? I, I like cake, okay? And so, do I have a motion to make that happen? A second to that? All in favor, a big clap, yay. Wave hi to Grandma and Grandpa. I think they're watching. Ma's back there. Okay, Grandma's back there. She'll tell Grandpa about that today. And co. So excited? Okay. We're going to do that, right? Dunk you under the water, bring you back out. New life, old life, new life, all that good stuff. Yeah, okay. All right, guys. Make your way up. Thank you, guys. And we're going to do that at the end. So if you want to do that, if somebody wants to do it now, just let me know, okay? But otherwise, we'll, we'll give the invitation a little bit later. Excited about that. Excited to get to baptize. That's why we do this, okay? Simply put, that's the most important thing that we do is share the gospel so somebody can come to know Jesus as their Savior. Jesus died so that you might have eternity in heaven. But it's not an automatic. You have to ask Jesus to be your Savior for that to happen. So it doesn't get, you don't go to heaven because you're good, okay? Um, if, if that were the case, I'd already been. Yeah, okay, a little laughter there. But yeah, okay, you understand. So Jesus died on the cross for us. So we're going to go back to the book of Acts. I know last week we talked about, uh, the guest speaker talked about loving, uh, loving God and loving your neighbor, good stuff. Uh, we're going to go back, we're going to jump back in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 5. We're going to continue this as the advance of the gospel is how I titled it, because we went from no church to thousands of people in the church at Jerusalem. And then by the time we get done with the book of Acts, there's churches all over that map. And we know that that didn't stop there because here we are, we're not on the map, and we're a church because God's Word continues to advance as people go out there and share the Gospel. Right. So here we are. As we left, remember in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John had been thrown into jail, got out of jail, they got told not to speak. Great things were happening, okay? Great things began to happen. They'd been released, told not to preach, and, but they went out and preached, okay? There was a Holy Spirit moment when the, the building shook. I mean, again, the Holy Spirit's showing up and it's doing great and mighty things. They know that God is, the, is there. They're, they're, they're living together. They're, they're, they're sharing together. Nobody had a need. It's impressive to see how the early church started. They were constantly added to. And <coughs> you remember why they were thrown in jail the first time? The incident was they healed the, the, the beggar, and he got up and walked, and they all knew it. Well, after that happened, guess what people did? They brought the sick. It said something like the shadow would fall on them. And they would heal. So God was doing some great things through the apostles. And that was going on. There's that little blip in there with Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, when they hedged on what they had, they had given. And so we see that. The great things can happen until... Guess where we go back to? We're going to go back to jail. Again, you know, think about that. You get to preach... On the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit. Things go really wonderful. People are are asking, what do we need to do? Repent and be baptized. And they do. You're going to heal somebody. 
and other somebodies. The church is just continuing to grow. In other words, other people are accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. People in the church are telling and they're sharing the word. And all of a sudden they get thrown back in jail. So this is a question that we're going to ask and this is the question that we're going to answer as we walk through there. What was God doing? And what were they doing? Because again, God's in control of the whole situation. And what is it that God would, would allow them to be thrown into jail one more time? What is it that God would allow them to be persecuted? What was God up to in this moment? And what did they do in response to that situation? Because guess what? <coughs> they threw them in jail so they would stop. So what did they do? Let's pick it up in the 17th verse of the 5th chapter. We'll read through the 32nd, and then a little bit later on we'll skip down to the 42nd. But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is, the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. Same thing they were with Jesus. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail, locked them up. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison, and in taking them out, he said, Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple of the whole message of this life. Upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest and his associates came, they called the council together, even all the senate of the sons of Israel, and sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who came did not find them in the prison, and they returned and reported back, saying, We found the prison house locked quite securely, and the guards standing at the doors. But when we had opened up, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them as to what would come of this. But someone came and reported them. The men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence, for they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in, the, in this name. And yet, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. Okay, and the text goes on. We'll talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the angel. <coughs> because they get thrown in jail. And they're locked up. And if you read the text, if you paid attention there as we read through that, they were locked up in a cell in a public jail 
and they were guards stationed outside of that cell. It was secure. In other words, it was secure. While they're in there that night, an angel springs them. God sent an angel to release them from the prison that they were in. It's It was, it was noted that it was a kind of a, a, a moment of comedy. When, when they show up, you know, they went home, had their supper, went to bed on their own beds, and they came back to do business after they had left the guys in jail. Hopefully they would get the message having done that. And so then they show up the next morning, they assemble everybody together, they get them all ready, let's go get the guys, bring them here, we're going to put them in front of us, we're going to intimidate them, and that'll be the end of it. We'll show them who we are, because that's an, we're the authorities. They haven't give, we haven't given them permission to speak about Jesus in the temple, yet they are. We told them not to, and yet they are. So we're going to put them in their place, bring them up here. They go down there, and they open the cell door, expecting to find who inside? Peter and John, the apostles inside of there, and there's absolutely nobody. There were guards. We had to get a key to get inside, and there's nobody, in, there's nobody inside. There's no hole leading out of it. They didn't break out the bars of the window and climb down or anything like that. There's nobody in this, this cell. And they go back, and they're, they're perplexed. How did that happen? And, and then they get the news that they're in the temple. You see, God had them in a place, and what did God do? God showed His power to the apostles and to the council because God took them out of that place. And the guards, nor anyone else, knew anything about it other than they weren't there anymore and they were in the temple teaching. <coughs> so, why did God break them out of jail? Why did God break them out of jail? That's the question. When he, you know, how many of you like being in jail? How many of you been in jail? Never mind. Okay. All right on Tuesdays, I get to go down, and I'm just happy they let me back out. You know, on one, my one Tuesday night a, a month now that we're going down there, I'm happy when they let me out. It's it's a it's it's an okay place to visit, okay, but it's not a place I want to stay. So why did God break them out? Do you notice what the angel said, or God said to the angel to speak to them? He said, stand and speak the whole message of life. In other words, what he said, this is why God sprung them. So they could get out and they could do what they were doing before they ended up in jail. God wanted them to do what? To tell the message to deliver the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, His death and His resurrection and forgiveness to those that would ask. That's what they wanted Him to do. That's what God wanted them to do. When we walk through the book of Acts, as we walk through the fifth, to the fifth chapter, starting in the second chapter, the centrality of the gospel message is, is here. It is the importance of God's Word being delivered to the people that, need, that are in their lostness. And we can get tied up in a lot of things in our Bible. Our Bible speaks to every area of our life. Speaks to our finances, speaks to our marriages, speaks to how to raise kids. It speaks to how to do business. It speaks to how to... 
it speaks to all of those things. Every area of our life, it speaks to. But when God is starting the church, when God is advancing the gospel, it's not how to be married. It's not how to, 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 to do your job. It's not how to raise kids. All of those things are important. All of those things He speaks to. But the message that needed delivered at that time was the message of the Gospel that Jesus Christ, that God sent His Son because He loved us, right? God sent His Son to die on the cross that we might be saved. And He's not dead. He's not in the grave anymore. He's no longer there. So, that's the message. I don't, want us, I, I don't want us to forget that. That's the message. We need to deal with all the other things in our church, right? To teach those things. To teach people how to have the, the godly marriage. To teach them how to have a godly family. To teach them how to have a godly career. All of those things are important. But the one thing that we can't push to the side so we can deal with those things is the gospel. The idea that Jesus Christ died for your sin for my sins, for the sins of the people in your family, for the sins of the people at your workplace, for the sins of the people in your neighborhood. That's what we need to remember. And that's how the, gospel, that's how the church grew is when they were faithful to God and delivered the message of life to a world that needed to hear that. I know sometimes we get in fear about that. We need to take a lesson from Peter and the apostles because as they stood before the council that apparently had enough power to flog them, as they stood before the council and they were asked, what are you doing? Peter and the apostles once again deliver... These people are an enemy of the cross. They're an enemy of Jesus, but yet God has placed them back in front of the same audience that He did days or weeks earlier. And God delivers a message to those people about the God of our fathers. In other words, as they stand there accused, what are you doing speaking? Guess what they do right in front of this audience? This council that's going to flog them when it's all over with, they stand there and they tell them about Jesus. Usually when you're afraid to tell somebody about Jesus, it's simply that they might discard your your conversation. Maybe um, they probably won't laugh at you, but they'll move on to another subject. Here they stood before men who had that kind of power to flog them. And yet, what did they do? They shared the Gospel. We need to have that kind of courage to go out there and share the Gospel. See what God might do. Because the same God that was at work there, we're going to see that in a moment, the same God that was at work there is the same God that we worship today. It's the same God that we sing to. It's the same God that we'll see when He calls us home. He has the power. He can take care of us. He can give us the words to speak when we don't know what to say. When all that we know is we need to share the gospel with somebody because they need to hear. They need to hear that the brokenness in their life that they're trying to fix 
with a career that they're trying to fix with a family, they're trying to fix with whatever doesn't fix and leaves them short. We can tell them about Jesus Christ who is the answer to their problem. We can tell them about how He died for them. How that in in a world that's, that's wanting to be loved, in a world that's wanting to be accepted, we have Jesus Christ who died for them. Anybody else that they know did that? So that they might have eternal life. You want somebody that believes in you? It's Jesus Christ. You want somebody to accept you? It's Jesus Christ. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He died on the cross so that you might spend eternity and those lost friends, those lost neighbors, those lost co-workers, they might too spend an eternity in heaven. On streets of gold where there is no more tears. There, are, are, are no, there is no more death. That's the invite. That's the message that we have to carry to the world. That's the message that they spoke to these men who were about to persecute them. They, they wanted, I, I don't know, what, I, I think if you read the text, they kind of wanted to eliminate them. Put them to death. They've done that with Jesus. Why not do it with these guys? And a guy by the name of Gamaliel, he speaks up. And he gives them words of advice and he talks, he references a couple of people that we probably don't know. And he said, this guy came, this guy came, and he went away. You know, he, he, was, a, he was a fading star. And then this next guy is a fading star. And if these guys aren't of God, then they'll be fading stars and it'll go away and we won't have to do... Don't you like those kind of problems that you don't have to do anything because they take care of themselves? You know, wouldn't it be, you know, like the leak in the roof, right? You don't do anything, it'll just go away, right? Well, that would be great. The weeds, and you, fly, you know, they'll just go away come wintertime. Um, but but whatever, whatever it is. Gamaliel tells them that, and they heed the advice, and they send them away after flogging them. Okay, they get a little bit more intense, intense this time. We told you not to last time. You didn't listen. Let's, um, let's flog you a little bit. Let's inflict some pain on you and send you away, limping away, and you won't do that again. What do you think they did? Now, what would you do, right? That's the question. If somebody brings you and tells you not to talk about Jesus, and then beats you, and they can get away with it because of who they are, and you know that they can bring you back and do it again, what would you do? Because here's what they did. In verse 42, <coughs> And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept on not talking about Jesus. Is that what that reads up there? No, you guys can read, right? They kept right on, let's read this together, teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. You see that? They didn't cower at the, the enemy's attacks. They just went on. And guess what happened when they continued to teach and preach Jesus as the Christ? People, the, the church grew because people went out there and talked about Jesus inside of their world. They went out there and shared Jesus with a threat hanging over their head. They had one thing to do and that was to obey God. And they did. And they went out there and they preached Jesus Christ from house to house. Wherever they had an opportunity, that's what they talked about. 
The world that you live in and the world that I live in needs the Word. So, we're out at the convention, and the guy from Lifeway, Ben Mendrell, who had actually been in, in Denver, I think, before he took the job with Lifeway, he shared a little bit. When he was talking to the committee, they called him. I don't, I don't know how it all worked. He just told us this part of it. He told us this. He said, I was out in Denver. I had come from Tennessee. And I went out to Denver and I began to, they began to plant a church or work in a church out there. And they had used Lifeway material back home in Tennessee. But when they got to Denver, it was different. Here's a difference, and I want you to think about this because sometimes we have assumptions that may not be correct. Honestly, back in Tennessee, there was some of this, he just didn't see it. But he said when we got, to Tennessee, when we got out to Colorado and started to use the Lifeway, the Lifeway material assumes you know something about Jesus Christ. These guys in Denver did not know. We have a world today who also is distanced from the things that we think are elementary in the Scriptures. They might know about Noah, but it's not because they read it in the Bible. They might know about Moses, but it may not be the Moses that we know. And so, we live in a world today that needs to hear about the Gospel message. They don't have any idea who Jesus is. They may have heard the term, because He's, in, he's even in the culture out there, but not the Jesus that we preach. I was listening so I, I turned on my, my, my headset and was listening. From time to time, I would listen to nothing. Other times, well, I listened to you guys last week. And on the road. I would listen to what I had in my library, and then I found out that if I put it on the, the iTunes, the Apple music, for some reason it plays louder than my music. And then sometimes it needed to be louder when it was windy. And so I hit one of those things, and I got a playlist. And I got a song about Jesus being a dead guy and we need to leave him alone. I'm telling you, that's the Jesus that the world hears about. We need, there's a world of people out there that need to understand what's in the Word of God. You and I need to understand what's in the Word of God. We go through that have you read thing. We did understanding the Bible in 30 days. There's still a book left over there. Somebody take it so I can get new books. Because what we need to know is we need to know about the Scripture so that we can share with a world that needs to hear about the Scripture. They need to hear about Adam and Eve. They need to hear about it from the biblical perspective. They need to understand the fall of man. And they need to understand God's redemptive plan worked out from Genesis chapter, from before Genesis chapter 3, but from the fall of man to the book of Revelation. The promise of being back in His presence in a place not of our design, because if we designed heaven, it'd be lakes and golf courses. And it'd still have sin in it. God's place has Whatever, but it's absent of sin. I don't care what you, how many golf courses you lay out. I don't care how many smooth roads you lay out. I don't care how many beaches and palm trees you lay out. If you have sin, you have a broken world. In that world it speaks of in, Gen in Revelation and back in Genesis without sin, those are the kind of places that only God could make. Our plans would fall short of that. 
The, the people out there need to understand the message of Peter, the message of Paul, the message of John, the, rest, the message of the apostles, the message of Jesus Christ. They need to understand that placard they see in the football games that say John 3.16. They need to understand, for God so loved the world. What does that mean, that God loved the world? What does it mean, believing in Him, and I might have eternal life? They, they don't get that. Because they work in a world where things don't come free. Even the lottery winnings cost a dollar, right? Or two dollars or whatever it is now. We need to share the love of God with a world that so desperately needs it. It needed it in the days of the apostles. And it hasn't changed any at all. We live in the midst of a world who thinks that goodness gets them to heaven. Their idea of heaven. We need to teach them about God's heaven, the Bible's heaven. We need to teach them about God's plan for us to be there. And the cost that it took for us to be forgiven of our sins. He gave the very best in His Son so that we might have the forgiveness of sins. What's our action steps this week? What was God doing? What were they doing? God was working to get the gospel message out. That was of utmost importance. What were they doing? Even in the midst of persecution, they kept on sharing the gospel. The action steps for this week. I want you to think about this. How is God opening doors? Think about this. They get thrown in jail. What was God doing? He was opening the door so they could stand right in front of that council again and give the message of God. The message of salvation to a people that didn't want to hear it. But yet God opened that door, opened that door, released them out of jail so they might go out and share the message with the crowds outside. God opened the doors. In your life, God is working. In your life, God is opening doors. Not just for career advancement, but God is opening doors so that you might have the opportunity to share with somebody what God has done for you. You're given those opportunities so that you might put them in a place where they actually go, what must I do, right? The kind of thing that Peter faced. He, didn't, he, didn't, he, he just listened and they came, he spoke and they, they asked the question and opened that door. What, what doors is God opening in your life? I want you to think about talking Scripture with someone this week. And that someone might be sitting next to you. I'm okay with that. Because even as we come to church, we talk about Scripture. Sometimes we go away and we don't talk Scripture. If you can't talk Scripture to the person you came to church with during the week, the likelihood of you talking Scripture with your coworker, your cousin, the person you hang, you're talking to at Walmart or at the ball game or something like that, it's not going to happen. So talk Scripture with somebody. If you talk it with, with somebody out there on the street, God has opened that door. But practice with the person you are with. Talk about Scripture. Talk about what you read. Hey, did you read that? What do you think about that? What was your interpretation? How did you understand that? What did that remind you of? Talk Scripture with somebody. And if you'll talk it enough with the person you're going to church with, guess what? Then it'll, it'll, you'll just go, oops, I'm talking Scripture with somebody here at Walmart. 
or I'm stuck with Scripture during my lunch break, or whatever it might be. But we've got to learn how to talk Scripture with people face-to-face. It's not something we need to avoid. We talk about everything else. We need to talk about Jesus to one another. The last thing in there, think about the important, what, what, what important truths did Peter and John and the apostles share? What important truths did they share? When we're talking about what do we need to share about, we need to share about what Jesus Christ did. And that's what they talked about. So think about those things in light of the Scripture. We're going to stand, we're going to sing, and we're going to open up the invitation. You might join Ryland to get baptized if that's the case. If you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe you've already done that but never been baptized, then we welcome you to make your way down here and we'll make that happen. Uh, If you want to come down and pray for some other reason and you want us to pray for you, then you make your way down here as we stand and sing. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are still, when striving ceased, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, Fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ I live. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love, and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died the wrath of god was satisfied for every sin on him was laid here in the death of christ I live. So we're going to go, Lord, and prayer. Seth, would you make your way down here? Come on up here. 
remember Seth is probably one of the last people to join our church, okay? And so Seth is going, his, his mother works in the church, right? Down in only, all right? And so this is a proud mama moment because Seth is going to go on mission with your mom and their church down there. And where are you going to? Pine, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. So I want us to pray for him as he goes there, okay? Because he's going to do just what we talked about. And so we pray that he gets to witness God's hand at, power, at work and that he gets to see salvation. So if you would, just lay your hand out here and let's pray for him to, together. Father, we're thankful, Lord, that Seth is part of our church. And Father, we're thankful that he gets to go on mission trip just this, this week, Lord. He's leaving this afternoon to head up to South Dakota to this Pine Ridge Reservation. And Father, I pray for safe travels for them. Father, I pray that you would work out all of the details, Lord, the changes that have come about. And Father, just pray that as he is there, Father, that you would use him and others, Lord, to share your gospel message with people that need to hear it. And Father, I pray that it not be just reserved for that reservation. But Father, at the gas stops on the way up, Father, they might have that opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. Father, we as a church pray for, and we will pray this week for Seth and that group, Lord, as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Okay. And Rick, if you'll come up here, is that okay? Rick, I don't know if, I don't know all the details, but Rick is going to go up to Chicago to get operated on again, okay? And so we want to pray for him. And I'm, I, as we're praying for you, I want to pray. There's other people that are sick too, and I want to pray for them, but I want you to represent. And, I, and I, we, we want to see him back in church as soon as possible, okay? Um, you know, one of the first times I met him and had a long conversation was with him in the hospital. And uh, God has used him in a mighty way. Uh, he wasn't a member of our church at that time. Uh, but I don't you know if you've watched what God's doing through he and, and Mary. But it's been a great thing to watch. And so, let's move in here. I think we're off camera. Okay. And, uh, and you're not protected by some people group thing. Okay. So, we want to pray for you, for Mary, and for the others out there who are dealing with this, these kind of difficulties. So if you would, let's pray again. Father, I want to pray for Rick. Lord, as he goes in for surgery this Friday, Father, pray that you would make everything ready. Father, that you would take care of, of the issue. Father, that you would guide the hands of the surgeon. Father, we pray for a, 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 a good recovery, Lord. Father, a recovery so that he can come back and, Father, serve you, continue to serve you, as he and Mary have been doing, Lord, in this church. And Father, just uh, pray that he would be a light to those around him, Father, in the hospital, Father, those around him in, 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 in the travels, those around him in his family, Lord. Father, work through him, Lord, that he, they might see your glory and your hand at work. Father, as we think of Rick, Father, we think of countless others, Lord, who are on our prayer list, little babies, Lord, who are struggling. Father, we want to pray for them today, Father, that your hand would be at work and people around them, their family, their friends would see you at work. And Father, you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And one last time, let's pray together. Father, you have 
You have given us Your Word. Father, I'm just amazed at what we read in the book of Acts. And Father, I pray that You would help us to be a people, Lord, that would do as You asked Peter and the apostles to do, to stand and speak, to share the message. Father, I just pray that You would go with us. Father, that we would see Your hand at work. Father, give us the confidence in places where we lack confidence. Speak through us words that we didn't know we could speak. Father, for your honor and for your glory, and for the purpose, Lord, of winning others to the family, your family. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you, guys. And happy Father's Day, by the way.